Today in the Multiply Podcast, we're talking about leading in the midst of COVID-19. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared. My name is David. So glad you're with us. It is Friday, March 27th, and we are in the midst of a crazy, crazy time. Yeah, I mean we're not uh, we're not even recording in the same space right now. Um, I'm in a uh, office inside an empty church building, and um, where and I, are you? And I'm in the bathroom of a Target. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I am in my in my bedroom closet right now, sitting on the floor with all this equipment. Wow. Um, wow. Because that's the only quiet place in my entire house. Yeah, actually, this is I, I, I left my house because not because my kids are crazy or loud, but just because it's tough during the day to find a spot where you can be quiet for 30 minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So obviously, um, our listeners know uh, we're in the midst of this global crisis related to COVID-19. And so we wanted to uh, we've had some pre-recorded podcasts ready to go, and we're still really excited for those with a special guest. But we felt like it was appropriate to try to record this, um, even though we can't be together right now, uh, just to have a conversation about what leadership looks like right now. Yeah. And we should say, like, I wanted to get together with you, but um, you you totally just didn't trust that I was safe to be around. Yeah. Well, you've been you've been a little bit reckless with the way that you've been going around, never washing your hands and. uh well, you know, if you didn't do it before, why start now? That's my theory. I'm kind of like Actually, a, a Dwight Schrute, funny, you know, building Funny up that story. I, I have learned, and this is maybe gross to admit, but I have learned I was not a very um, meticulous hand washer before this. And the reason I've learned that is because my hands are so dry now. And I've never <laughs> I've never had dry hands before. My, my wife would always complain about dry hands, especially in the winter, and she'd use all these lotions. And I would always be like, why are your hands so dry all the time? And now I realize it's because she washes her hands like everybody's supposed to. And uh, I apparently did not wash my hands enough now. So my poor knuckles are like, I'm looking at them right now. I've never seen them look this sad and dry before. Right. Uh, so well, and yeah, not, not to make light of the situation, but obviously a lot of us are having to change uh, even little things like our, our hygiene habits. That's true. That 20 second hand washing is like, oh, my gosh, how how long is 20 seconds? Wow. It yeah. feels like forever. Did you know, by the way, that it's that 20 seconds is not supposed to include water? Huh? Yeah. I watched this whole video where, like, the way you're supposed to do it is you get your hands wet, you turn the water off, and then you just do the soap for 20 seconds doing your your, you know, your thumbs, your fingers, your your, your back of your hand, all that stuff. And then after 20 seconds of that, you turn the water back on and you rinse it off. Wow. So I knew you didn't know this, and this is why I refuse to meet with you today. <laughs> and I think you're you're actually wearing a mask right now just because you're not totally convinced you can't catch it from me via phone. Isn't that true? Well, it certainly is. Uh, we certainly are learning a lot about it, and it seems like it changes from day to day. So yeah. better safe than sorry. And we hope all our listeners are obviously being safe and following all the uh, protocols that have been put in by federal and state and local governments. Yeah, and before we jump into our content, it's actually 
uh, you and I were together in New York City and Philadelphia when this kind of really took a turn for the worse. That's when the NBA, we were actually at the last NBA game of the season when the NBA canceled the rest of the games and Trump did the European travel ban. And so um, we've, we've actually been somewhat concerned. We were the group of other guys. and uh, But today marks our 14 days, right, since that trip. Yeah, and so far. Today's day, yeah, today's day 15. So we're good. And, and we were there. It literally just escalated and exploded while we were on that trip. We yeah. didn't. Of course, we were hearing about it, but um, sort of the actions that were being taken all seemed to all of a sudden explode. And I, and I remember I left. That was a we left on a Wednesday. And it was that it was those series of days that began to put into motion the things that changed the way people are having to lead right now, especially within small businesses and local churches as as everything started to get changed and mandates started to come down. And, um, yeah, we were cautious when we were there, even though it wasn't a, as explosive as a situation as it is now. But it is nice, you know, even just for your own sort of mental peace to be 15, 16 days removed from a trip like that. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how, how fast this thing has taken off. Yeah. And since, uh, like all of our listeners, I'm sure you and I know several people personally who have now been, um, in- infected with the virus and are going through that. And so we know yeah. that probably everybody listening, right. knows somebody, or maybe you yourself have, have gone through this. And so this is a really serious thing in a serious time. And in and, and a major time when leadership is necessary and trying to figure out what does it look like to lead in this time. So, um, so Dave, introduce to us a little bit, kind of what, what are some of the things we're going to talk about today as we, uh, as we enter this leadership in the middle of the coronavirus epidemic? Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, uh, when I was thinking about this time together, I thought about really uh, four things I'm learning right now about ways in which we have to lead. And, um, you know, four different categories that I'm trying to focus on in my own personal leadership as a leader of a local church and and the leader of a community of believers and even leading in my own house. And so um, the first thing I, I think is so important for leaders in all situations, but especially in crisis and change and in times of uncertainty. Um, and there certainly is a lot of that right now. We have friends who own small businesses who don't know if they're going to open again. Uh, we have churches that don't know how long they can survive this financially. And of course, we've seen what's happening on larger scale around the world. But number one, I think if, if you're a leader, it starts with leading yourself. And um, leaders can get so busy trying to solve problems and come up with solutions and organize teams that uh, their own personal well-being suffers uh, one of the things I've learned is that in crisis, your emotional margin to handle um, extra stuff is it just disappears, right? And so um, the first thing I would say is leading yourself. What what are you learning right now? Uh, you lead in a slightly different capacity than me, but what are you learning about paying attention to your own heart during this time? Yeah, I think there's something about this that reveals the idols of our heart and. Um... We all feel losses in different ways, you know, things that we miss, things that we're bummed about. You know, for us, we we had to cancel um, our largest event of the year, and there's some major financial impact of that. And um, so there's a ton of, like, that whole situation has created a huge question mark in in my leadership and, and uh, the ministry that I oversee and run. And um, there's there's so much unknown right now. And so... For me, that's been such a revelation to my own personal uh, leading myself as far as my spiritual journey, my walk with Jesus. Like, what do I really trust in? You know, who, where's my future really 
rest in and um is it really Jesus? Because moments like these, this really reveal that. And so that's been a, a reminder to me as far as God just saying, hey, who do you trust in right now? Um, is it your job? Is it your money? Is it the house you live in? Is it all that stuff? And, and there's people that are in way more um, difficult situations even than I'm in. I have family members who are who are out of work and are not sure what the future of their employment is going to look like. And so... Um, so that's been the biggest revelation to me, just God um, kind of challenging my heart and saying, where do you really trust, you know, and who are you really looking to? Yeah, I think it's a time of really guarding our, like you said, guarding our hearts, guarding our minds, leaning into spiritual disciplines. It's important that I've I found it really important for me to start my day in scripture, in devotions, before I go online and read the latest updates or the latest numbers. I, I need to start there because it just centers me on deeper, greater truths. Um, and then it allows me to engage with the crisis we're in from a place of a little more um, strength, um, even personal disciplines. Like I've, I, I think um, you and I have talked a little bit about, and I've seen a lot of joking on social media about the uh, COVID-15 and referencing to our freshman year 15, that everyone's <laughs> going to be 15 pounds heavier after this. I haven't seen that, but that's funny. And uh, I think it's probably pretty true. I've certainly found it myself. I don't have the, uh, energy or desire to be as active you kind of just wait sitting around waiting for something to change um, or for some news to come down and definitely if people are stress eaters or if they're just kind of like filling up their day with that so I've certainly been guilty of that and if you have someone in your home that bakes that doesn't help either um, well I've offered but, uh, to come over and train you but you you declined that is that is true. Well, you know, you did you did send a very kind offer to give Aaron and I access to one of your online workout things. But a lot of you that are in gyms are still uh, able to access like the YMCA is doing online resources and stuff. And and our, our friends that own gyms are doing the same thing. So there is, of course, a lot of ways online uh, and, and uh, to continue to, to work on those things. But I think you got to focus on those things and pay attention to yourself, to your own heart. I think, as you mentioned, some of our heart idols, some people have a heart idol of um, sort of the approval of people in social settings. And now that's sort of gone. Yeah. And so where are you turning for that or the idol of success and accomplishment? And in some ways we have a whole new scoreboard now in this season and maybe even beyond this season. So as these things get pulled away from us, we'll, we'll find our hearts sort of untangling themselves in these knots of, of idolatry. And so I think it always starts with leading yourself, paying attention to how you're doing, and, and even just staying connected with other people who can speak into your life. So um, that's kind of my first thought. I don't know if you want to if yeah. you have anything else you can say about that. Well, the only other, like, one positive thing that I feel like I've taken away from, from this is um, the additional time with my family and my my kids. And, yeah. um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. My wife and I have, uh, we, we may have had a major blowout fight, which I, I, I think tends to happen when you're around each other this much. But we've there's been such an appreciation in me for the time that I've had with them, and um, and nobody would choose this, of course. Mm -hmm. But being able to look look at it through the lens of like, wow, this is this is really valuable. Like, I I probably will never again in my life have this amount of time with my family um, that I'm having right now and getting to do some some things with them and um, walk through this. And so I, I've been also trying to. Um, be appreciative of that despite everything else. Yeah. That's actually a perfect segue into the second category is not just lead yourself, but lead your family. And, um, 
one of the things I talked to our church leadership team about the other night on a Zoom conference call was just that anxiety and worry, at least in my life, has the ability to steal two really important things from me. Uh, it steals from me the ability to be present, and it steals from me the ability to be thankful. And I think when we're anxious and worried and our minds are running in a million different directions, we miss the opportunity to 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 steward well these extra moments we have with our families. I realize some people are still working out of their home normal hours. They're not they, they can't resonate with what we're saying. But a lot of people are home more. And certainly the kids are all home right now. And so how can we be present, um, be grateful for these moments and then and then being being uh, intentionally thankful about things, finding things every morning to say thank you to God for, thank you to others for, saying thank you to the medical community that's so courageously serving our, our where we live, uh, first responders, those who continue to work at grocery stores and, and doing other other sort of essential jobs as, as they've been defined. I just think it's if, if we're not modeling that for our family, being present and being thankful, we're missing an opportunity to actually thrive now as opposed to just surviving. Yeah. So, so what does that look like for you guys, David? Well, I think it looks like um, having real um, specific plans to our, uh, a real specific schedule to our day so that it doesn't just morph into this like wasted day. So these are the hours where the girls all focus and do their work. These are the hours where we do things together as a family. We're having all our meals together. Even if I'm out doing stuff, I try to be home to have all the meals together. We spend time uh, playing games in the afternoon. We'll watch a show together in the evening. The girls watch devotionals, um, read devotionals. It's just sort of like having an overall plan so that our days are synced up and that we're making sure we're spending time together, getting outside, taking family walks, playing in the backyard if you have a backyard, that sort of stuff. And then as far as being thankful, I think it's just gathering around whenever we sit down to eat, um, finding things, maybe even going around the table and saying, hey, what's something today that we can give thanks for? Um, and it's just part of really leading your family. Some pastors feel like they're maybe losing their identity right now because they're not leading a church the way that they are used to. But they're, all of our first ministry is to ultimately lead the people in our own home. And so yeah. we still have a call right now. And, and these are valuable opportunities. And our kids are watching the way we handle stress and uncertainty. And they may not say a lot or it may not seem like it's affecting them, but it really is. And so um, these are really spiritually formative uh, moments. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think, too, like um, I love what you're talking about, about the devotional time, having having intentional spiritual conversations um, with your kids. And I think that's awesome. And we've also just tried to, like, um, create fun and memories. Yeah. Um, and so, like tonight, for example, we, we told the kids this week, "Hey, if you guys are good every day with your schoolwork, we're gonna do a special, um, we're gonna do a special indoor kind of camp out sleepover all together in the living room. So we're gonna build a homemade fort, and we'll even get mom to sleep down there with us, which is a massive feat. If you're if you're part of my family, you would know that. So, um, so they're pumped, and it'll be, you know. So how do we leverage this, like we've said before, to yeah. um, to not just portray to our family stress, but also portray. Um, hey, we can make memories in, in the in the midst of difficult. And again, like you said, there's a lot of people who maybe that's not a reality for them um, if they're working in the medical field or other places. But maybe there are some ways that you can find to do that with your family and your kids if you have them. Yeah. And part of leading your family, too, is um, this may seem obvious, but just reaching out and staying in contact with your family members that don't live with you, um, especially grandparents who are missing grandkids and 
and and uh, family members who maybe live on their own in other parts of the country, just um, trying to be really intentional because people are really battling loneliness and depression and anxiety and 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 legitimate mental health issues, of course. And so, um, any way that we can extend uh, a family type love to those that are our that are our family, I think it's a big thing right now. So so leading yourself, leading your family, and and now these last two kind of get more to organizational health and. Um, whatever uh, team or company somebody might be leading. And they, they're going to sound like they, they contradict, so I'm going to say them both, but then we'll unpack them. Uh, I think right now we have to lead the same and we have to lead different. We have to lead the same and we have to lead different. So let's talk about ways that we have to lead the same. Um, I think, you know, it's important for all of us, whatever company or organization or team you're part of or church you serve at, Right now, more than ever, you've got to go back to your vision and your mission. Uh, what is the dream God has given you? Because that hasn't changed because of COVID-19. What is the mission? Why do you exist? And so for us at our church, our vision is gospel transformation uh, in every area of our lives and in every life in our area. And our mission is making disciples for the glory of God and the good of our community and so when it comes to what we're doing, even though we can't gather weekly or, or on Wednesday nights or in meetings, uh, we have to remember, like, we still have a responsibility to fulfill this mission. So driving back to that, leading this from the same place really helps us stay focused. And even though our strategy may need to shift a little bit for a season, although I'm not sure you should create a, a radically new strategy because I don't know that that's wise in the long run or it's sustainable, but I think creating a temporary um, little shift in your strategy, it's still got to be informed by the same vision and mission, don't you think? Yeah, I 100 percent agree. And and if uh, if I focus and nail down in on the church, the mission has never changed, which is to make disciples. Right. I mean, that's what we're called to do as the church, as, as followers of Christ. So one of the things that I was thinking about is, as you were sharing is like th- this time that we're in and the um the fact that we can't gather, we can't do church traditionally the way it's done, I think reveals uh, in a massive way either the church's um, success or failure in accomplishing the mission of making disciples. And what I mean is if right now because of what's happening, your disciple-making process has just come to a screeching halt and all the stuff that you used to do to make disciples is all of a sudden done, then I think that's an indicator that maybe— potentially that your church was not actually making disciples in the most effective way. So if you relied solely on large group gatherings and now that that's shut down, disciples aren't being made, man, that that's probably an issue. But the churches that are, that have life on life happening, that have small groups happening, that have people who are intentionally engaged in the mission of God and intentionally have people that they're fighting for and they're going after that, that doesn't stop or at least shouldn't stop to your point. Like you can yeah. still connect on the phone. You can still do small groups via the internet and Zoom calls and all that kind of stuff. And so, for me, this is a real like a real wake up call, where you kind of like see the reality of where your church is at in this yeah. uh, this ability to accomplish the mission. I'm interested for you as a lead pastor. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I, I agree, and I actually think there's some really unique opportunities right now. Um, it's forcing us to not rely on programs and services that that maybe have been um, um, 
holding us back some way, right? And fulfilling our mission. That seems weird to say, but there, it is possible that we become overly dependent upon people showing up in a building that, that, that actually hinders the mission of making disciples and living on mission in the community that God has placed us. And even relationship, we get into such routines when we show up of saying hi, walking by each other, quick smile. And uh, our church in particular is is small enough that we were able to, we have probably about 170 family units that call this church their home. And so uh, I was able to take that, 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 um, those names and sort of uh, connect them with group leaders, different pastoral staff or elders or deacons. And everybody's got about 10 families that they're regularly connecting with, having phone conversations with. And the feedback I've got from the leaders has been amazing because they're having these 30-minute, 45-minute conversations with people and learning things about people that they, they've gone to church with for years and they never had a conversation that long or that significant. Um, and so I think in some ways this sort of personal touch that's required right now, this um, being forced into sort of small group pastoral care, some ways maybe it's more biblical than even the models that we've we've um, we've been using. And so I, I see a lot of silver lining right now. I think God's always going to accomplish his plans and purposes in any season, and he's definitely doing it right now. And so for us, it's it's really important that we think through what resources are we offering, not just so we can say we're doing stuff, but so that we can make disciples. And that greatly informs like the stuff we're doing online and, and our strategy in connecting people. Yeah. What's the uh, so what's the next area that you're talking about? Well, let me let me say one more thing before we jump to that. What, um, not only is it important for us to stay true to our vision and mission, I think more than ever, churches have to be value driven right now. Right. Mm. So I was thinking about this because um, it's easy to forget your values in crisis and just start making decisions that uh, put out fires or making decisions that seem in line with what everybody else is doing. So, for example, obviously all church services have gone online now. We weren't equipped to do that. We had an audio podcast, but we, we were not live streaming. We didn't have video. Thankfully, we have some young men at our church who are gifted in that way, and so we put together a plan. But one of the big decisions we had to make is what is this service experience going to be like online? And we wanted to have as much continuity between a normal Sunday morning and an online experience. But at the same time, one of our values is excellence, that we want to do the best we can uh, with, the, with, with whatever we have. And so we were kind of specifically when it came to music, we were like, do we try to record a whole band or do we just try to record uh, an acoustic set, just our song leader and her guitar and maybe some strings in the background? Which direction do we go? And because we value excellence, we thought, let's do something simple as excellently as we can instead of doing something complicated poorly. And, you know, for us, it was a decision that needed to be made. And instead of just sort of saying, well, I don't know, the church down the street's got their whole band on or, or this seems like what everybody's recommending or I mean, why don't we go for this? This will get more people involved. This will feel more normal. Instead, we said, you know what, we value quality and excellence and so we want to offer them something that we're proud of and this is the best way to do it so i think one one advice to people who are leading organizations is this is a great time to look back through your values and use those as filters for the decisions you have to make right now yeah i love that that also takes some self-awareness too right of your organization and your ministry strengths um and to not go hey we could do that like we could be hillsong we could be this you know So I, right. I, th- I think that's really good self-awareness, too, to go, no, yeah. here's here's our capacity to do this well yep. and to do it excellently. 
Yeah, be you. And that's the other thing is like um, leading the same, lead in the same style as you normally would. So if you are a high energy person, then stay high energy. If you're kind of a steady um, voice, then be a steady voice. Don't try to like, you see somebody on screen who's like high energy and hyper positive. That's their style and their voice. If you're more of a sort of steady realist, but bringing an encouraging, comforting word, like you got to stay in your lane. This is not a time to go online and try to be someone else. Be you. That's who your people know and and lead in that way. So so lead yourself, lead your family, lead the same. And then lastly, uh, lead different. Obviously, things have changed and we're having to come up with creative solutions on the fly. And I'm very sympathetic to leaders of small businesses that are trying to uh, stay in business, trying to stay afloat. I know the government's going to try and help, but obviously things are going to change. Sympathetic to pastors who are not prepared for what's happening right now. But I think there are some really important ways that we have to lead differently right now. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Um, You know, I had a, I had a zoom call with some of our youth pastors recently in New York and, I said, you know, it's funny when you look at the when you look at the church in particularly, there's this trend that happens where the church looks at cultural methods or different things in the culture. And their first response is always to um, view it as a negative. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's so terrible. And then there's usually a there's usually like a first couple of churches that jump on board with those trends or those methods. And everyone else is kind of hating on them like, oh, that's selling out, you know. And this is like if you think about online church, right? It wasn't that many years ago where these churches who were who were really moving into more of an online platform and and they were calling that their online campus. And I remember just hearing tons of criticism and tons of kind of like that's not really church. That's not that's that's you know, that's selling out to the world and 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 there may be there may be some fair criticisms here and there and there's some potential drawbacks of course to to all the methods, but I just find it interesting that I think Typically, the church is behind the times when it comes to um, engaging culture in a relevant way. And it's a moment like this, it's a time like this that forces our methods, forces our um, the way we accomplish a mission to kind of fast track and catch up a little bit, which I think is one of the wins that happens. Um, but I, th- my biggest fear, and I told you this over text, not, not a pertaining to Trinity or your church, but just in general is that as soon as this is over, that so many people won't stay on top of trying to engage culturally in a way that's really relevant and they'll just revert back. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's forced our hand and, and after our first online service, when we used Facebook live, we try to use church online, but it crashed because of just thousands and thousands of new churches using it and and kudos to craig Grishel and his team for making it available um we've used youtube but the feedback i was getting via text message was well we gotta we should do this all the time and uh you know we should always have our services on facebook or on youtube and i thought you know what i mean obviously we, we've kind of known that's where we were headed but this has accelerated it and caused us to learn a lot on the fly so i mean i think the biggest way that we're leading different right now obviously is our heightened online presence and coming up with solutions to connect you know a lot of people have used there's great options but a lot of people use zoom we use zoom to meet weekly with our leadership team we use zoom to meet with our staff our pastoral staff i'm going to be launching um, a couple zoom uh, studies for for men just ways to stay connected these are in line still with who we are and what we do these are studies that we probably would normally be doing in person 
with the exception of maybe one that I'm adding just to pull in some people. Um, but uh, online presence, social media, all the different outlets, communicating. I see some pastors who put up daily videos of encouragement. I think that's great if that's your style and your thing. Um, youth ministries and children's ministries who are regularly posting videos, creating YouTube channels. Uh, obviously, we're all having to lead different in that way and get there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a critic of online church at all. I think it's a I think it can supplement the, the gathering, especially when people can't gather like now or for different reasons. Um, obviously, I, I very much believe in the incarnational embodied presence of gathering in a place together. I'm, I think more than anything, we're or I think we're probably realizing now the value of that. And I, I thought early in this, when we finally are able to gather again, there may be a greater appreciation for the gathering. Um, but having sure. said that, all of this online stuff is it's where people live. It's where they're at. And it's how we're going to serve our community and fulfill our mission. So I think that's a big one. And the other thing I think is right now we're having to lead in a way where we're having to communicate more often than normal. And I think it's big that our people hear from us at least weekly in some sort of communication form of how we're doing, where we're at, what's going on, maybe more than weekly. But just regular communication, I think, is so important. And I'm seeing that not just from churches, but from like large organizations and companies where you're getting emails from their CEO every week, letting you know what they're doing and, and what they're working towards. I think that's so important right now. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and it's a really positive challenge that's pushing us forward as far as being better communicators. Um, and, and some are better than that than others, but um, it's, I think it's forcing all of us to think through, huh, are people knowing my heart? Um, how do I how do I communicate what I want to say? And it's kind of forcing leaders to do that, which I think is a big win. And again, like my biggest lesson through this whole thing, as far as what things change, is um, saying, "What am I learning in this that I don't want to lose when the crisis is over?" That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I think as soon as we can gather it again, if we if we're the, if we go back to the exact same, we've probably missed an opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, the only other thing I would say is, you know, if you're leading in a position where you actually find yourself with more time than normal because you're not having to go into an office and you're not having to do some of the regular activities that you'd have to do for programs and services. Uh, I think one of the ways you can lead differently right now is have a personal project, a personal growth project that you're tracking and working on and share it with somebody. So say, for example, during this time, uh, I want to I want to work specifically on my ability to handle crisis. And this is these are the this is the online course I'm taking. This is the book I ordered that I'm reading. Or during this time, I want to get better at my understanding of the Gospel of Mark. And so I'm taking this class online. I'm reading this. I just think it's a if you have margin. And this is one of the things I've encouraged my pastoral staff to do is have a personal growth project that you're working on, almost like a like a personally chosen college course. Um, and then also this is a unique time where we don't, we're not in the weeds as much with everyday details. So what are the big picture projects that you've not been able to really invest your energy towards that maybe you can right now? So, you know, of course, if you're, if you're a worker working from home for a church that keeping yourself accountable to not slack off, but to stay focused and to do that sort of work and to make sure that you're stewarding well, the time that you have and stewarding well, the resources that the church is giving to you. So that's just my, my final thoughts when it comes to how we can lead different right now. Find something personally to work on and find something professionally, big picture to be working on. Yeah, I love that. 
Well, if you listen often, you know part of our uh, podcast, we always do a thing called David's Eats because we're trying mm. to make better leaders and better eaters. And um, this is a unique time. One of the things that Dave and I were talking about before the before the recording is, you know, a lot of small businesses are struggling right now, in particular restaurants, which is one of our great loves. And so um, instead of just talking about a random what's the best thing you've eaten recently, um, we, we really wanted to use this opportunity to encourage you to continue to support your restaurants by ordering takeout or delivery. Yeah. And um, we will be doing that tonight in our family and looking forward to it. So, I, Dave, what I want to do is in, in, um, in lieu of that, I want to mm-hmm. hear from you. Now, not everybody can relate to this if they don't live near you, but what is your favorite, like, if you could do ideal takeout, you could order anywhere you want tonight, and and not anywhere, like, it has to be someplace that you would actually order takeout from or that you have. Where are you going? What are you ordering? Who are you supporting tonight? Yeah, I, I, I you know, I think our listeners know now that I like ethnic food, and so I probably would order takeout from one of two places either this place called red chili in syracuse which is a sichuan style chinese restaurant i really crave uh spicy ethnic food um or um there's a middle eastern place um in syracuse also called sumir which makes great baba ganoush and and and, um, different uh, lamb kepsa and different dishes like that so that's the direction i would go Uh, we have ordered from a local vietnamese place a pizza place we try to order from places that are people that we would normally order from and just uh, trying to obviously support them and help them get through this time. Yeah. Well, I can tell you who's been hurting with me not uh, me not being around as much as Chipotle, okay? They've been <laughs> – me not having lunch there four to five times a week has, I'm sure, been hurting them. So, I'm sure, you're, I'm sure your family is grateful, though. <laughs> yeah. My budget's looking way better. But <laughs> – Hey guys, if you uh, if you can support your local businesses, let's uh, let's all get through this together. Order order out some food tonight and uh, help help yourself or your spouse not to have to cook. So, yeah. thanks for listening. We appreciate you. This has been the Multiply Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>